I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Hi everybody, welcome to Live Your Best Life with me Liz Wright and we have a very empowering, exciting conversation uh, planned for today. It is my absolute honor to welcome into the show with me an international prophet. She's a, she's a friend, an international prophet. Um, she is the head of the Glasgow Prophetic Centre in Scotland, just an absolute gift to the body. So I don't want to take up too much time. I just wanted to honour her and welcome her into, in, into today's show, give her maximum time to share the power that's in her spirit with all of you. So welcome to the show, Emma Stark. Thank you so much, Liz. I just adore the bones of you. And I am so excited because we just get to, you know, live in fresh revelation. Because when we're together, it's not like, what did you hear past, past? It's just a moment of the glory of God. And of course, you're down in England, uh, mm -hmm. but I'm up in Scotland. And this accent is Irish. So you've got all the Irish, Scottish, warrior, Celtic, yay, kind of stuff going on. So uh, thank you for the invite. Oh, oh my goodness, of course. I love you, Emma. Just so funny, family. If you haven't heard Emma and I talk on Facebook Live or, you know, in public ever before, <laughs> we get very excited when we're talking together because we both flow in different facets of very similar revelation. Obviously, very individual expressions, but we carry very similar revelation, so we get very excited. So fasten your seatbelts. I am going to start, I'm going to jump in, Emma, with about your book, your brand new book, which is absolutely awesome. It's such, for any of you who haven't got it yet, it's called The Prophetic Warrior. And it is really an equipping book. It's empowering. And the message that's contained in it is for this hour. It really is. So I want to jump off here, Emma. When I was reading the book, there were three things that, there were loads of stuff in there, but there were three things that particularly spoke to me. And I wanted to just ask you to expand on the revelation that Jesus was giving you when you wrote these pieces. Your language is amazing. So the first, sent, well, the first thing that I read that just leapt out at me was that uh, Jesus had spoken to you directly and he said to you, my power will be seen in the nations. I mean, that to me, it's like, that was so confirming for me because since January, as you know, I've been having experiences with Jesus about power being switched on in the bride now in the body of Christ worldwide. And so it was really confirming for me personally of what I've been beginning to see. I've been tasting something of the power that's coming. Um, I mean, literally, as the, as the Lord would lay over me in the spirit and infuse me with light and power and strength, I moved from, well, I moved into a place of, zero unbelief like mm. powerful decrees yes. and breakthrough happening very quickly so yes. I started to taste what we're, I believe we're all going to mm. start to move into so that was the first thing when the Lord said that to you I was like wow yes, yes. amen and then your phrase that you use is amazing you say we're being weaponized by heaven come yes. on I mean, is that an amazing phrase family we're being weaponized by heaven and then the final one, they're all connected, I'm sure, but it, it was it just leapt out at me was it's all about reflecting him now. Everything else is being removed. 
So can you, can you go there, Emma? Can you just share with us what the Lord showed you? Because to me, this is power in our spirits right now. Yes. Yes. And, and you have to excuse the accent because I say par, uh, I think, you know, in America, and it, you know, it, two syllables with a W, just ignore that par if you really want to do it the Irish way. Okay. Um, I think, Liz, I, I feel haunted all the days of my life. I'm in my mid forties. I feel haunted uh, by concepts of a, a failing church the, uh, 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 and the sense of, you know, how much we've dropped the ball from being Jesus' hands and feet. And the sense of our boredom in church, if we can be really honest with each other, boredom in church for years, you, you know, and, and reading scripture and, and wanting to weep in the reading of scripture because my experience in the body of Christ has in no way lined up, lined up with what it with with what is biblical normality and this cry of my heart god i want to be biblically normal you know god i want to be biblically real i want to be biblically curious uh, as to how you did it back then and that verse is you know where jesus says in matthew 22 29 you are in error and you want to go <gasps> Jesus, would you never say that about me? You know, wh why would you raise uh, an accusation of error? And Jesus says, you are in error because you do not know the word of God or the power of God. And the fact that I can love truth and I want to be a lover of truth and I want to know scripture and have it tattooed on my insides, but I can equally offend God uh, and be in error because I have never contended for the power and authority that he died to give me. I think it's very serious. And I feel like the Lord is saying we are coming to a post-charismatic, post-Pentecostal church when charismatic and Pentecostal will seem old wine to us, Liz, because the new church will be a church of such extreme holy power. And I would want to caveat it with it's holy power. It's not just power, Liz, because power, it, it puffs up and generates ego holy power you are disintegrated on the floor till none of you can be seen but he is put on display by the signs and wonders that come out of you and i think we may be chased par for our own uh, make me feel good we had so many problematic altar calls where we ran to a man rather than running to christ we ran to an impartation and we drew men to ourselves and not to Jesus. And the Lord is saying, cry for holy power where you are so burnt and dissolved by my greatness that you display me that I may have my fame and glory and the nation. Oh my goodness! That's you know, so so it's, it's this. It's this. It over. I really feel Jesus is overturning tables yeah. right now in the church, yeah. it, and he's saying you need to shift how you think about church. Yeah. 
You need to shift how you even interpret scripture. You need to shift even how you think about your role in the church. Don't read it through the lens of the old. And actually, can I say, when I saw the power bomb go off in the earth realm that marked in the spirit, that marked the beginning of the days of holy power on the earth, because I think we're not prophesying it will be, I think it's here. It's here. Yes. It's here. And yeah. so we're in, the bomb has gone off in the spirit. The bomb marked the beginning of the new era. The days of holy power are here, but the spray of that bomb was like acid burning the skin of man. And the Lord said, I will disintegrate all that is ego within you by my holy power that it is no longer you who is seen. So powerful. Serious days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yes, I mean, everything that I've been seeing as well, it's about the transfiguration of the bride. It's about us, every, like you say, you know, everything that is of self stripped away, complete yieldedness, complete surrender, eyes locked on to Jesus, yes. aligned under his headship, conduits of his glory flowing through. Was it Spurgeon? I don't remember who it was now, but somebody uh, in the past said that if that 98% of, if, if Holy Spirit was removed from the church right now, 98% of the activity would continue. Yeah. If if Holy Spirit was removed from the Book of Acts from the early church, ninety eight percent of the expression of the body of Christ would stop. Yes, so, I, and that's not to criticize anybody, but that's how much we need Him right now. We need yes. to step into this invitation to to let Him completely possess us. Totally, and I and I think that there's this cry: "I'm not my own." you've got to own the joy of that I am not my own I do not belong to myself and we have this cult I want to call it cult cult of independence and cult of originality where we 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 got to know that my salvation is not me being free to be whatever I want to be salvation is freedom to be like Jesus. Salvation is the privilege of Christ-likeness. Salvation is becoming the righteousness of God, that I am not righteous in my own merit. And freedom is being set free, not to be independent, but freedom from your sinful nature. Freedom is being set free from independence. Freedom is being set free from your own limited thinking into the mind of Christ. And I think what God is saying when he says holy par rather than just par, uh, you know, there's a book edit already. I need to write the word holy. (laughs) (laughs) But I think we, we have got to wrestle ourselves into submission at the altar, you know, before the throne of grace and say, God, I want to be used by you. And I realize that my freedom comes in my Christ-likeness and my child-likeness and saying, I'm happy with not being my own. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Holiness and purity and the nature of God, like you say, is absolute freedom, isn't it? It's not a straight jacket formed by rules to restrict behavior. It's absolute freedom in Christ. There's nothing more glorious and fulfilling and liberating than being aware of your co-consciousness with God and his love pouring out through you as peace and power and kindness and you begin to live supernaturally naturally in in the expression of who we are as a new creation and i i believe this is where we're at i absolutely fully agree with you emma everything i've seen to this point in the spirit this is where we're at like you said before we're not it's not in the future we're in it all we have to do is yield yes this is it and i think we have some crazy heretical notions about salvation you know um and and this, this builds on this. Well, Jesus, I welcome you into my heart. That's, that's biblical nonsense. Now, we, we understand why we say that. But actually, at the point of salvation, Corinthians tells us what happens. He who unites himself with the Lord becomes one with him in spirit. That my whole spirit being at the point of my conversion is fused in oneness with the spirit of God. And I look down and I look inside myself and my spirit and the spirit of God are merged like this, according to Corinthians. It is not that Jesus is boxed away in my heart, isn't this lovely? You know, it's a much more dynamic, overwhelming concept in scripture. I'm one with the spirit of God. And so we have silly phrases, (laughs) silly little phrases that go like this. Come Holy Spirit. I'm like, what are you? What are you talking about? You know, and we do it like a funny tick. Come, holy, like he's do 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 do. I don't know whether he will like me. I don't know whether he will descend on me. And I'm like, what are you doing? Because he's already totally fused with the inside of you. And the prayer is not come, Holy Spirit. Although we understand why we pray that, the prayer is explode. (laughs) Where you and I are already one, that I might demonstrate all that you are to the world. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. I can feel Holy Spirit Emma. I'm like sitting here getting wrecked. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? That the eyes of our understanding are flooding with light. And you are one of the main voices right now with this cat just out there heralding this message, which is actually awakening people into the truth of who we already are, what's already happened. Like you say, the divine infusion. The very resurrection spirit of the living God is within us now. And he's one. So, yeah, I feel I felt it for ages, him expanding our understanding, flooding the eyes of our heart with light so that we can see the truth of who we are and begin to release Christ everywhere we go. God. And sometimes what I watch in my personal devotions is the Holy Spirit who's fused and one with me already, you know, and even though I don't feel worthy and even though I know I'm fallen and human, you you know, the fact that he's fused and is never stopping being fused with me. Suddenly my devotions, 
I watch him like blow up and he's done my arms and my legs and my head, you know, so that when, so that when I walk into a room, you know, I, I, I walk into that room as a powerful solution because I'm not waiting for God to do something with me, he's already filled me up from his seated position within me, and I become a weapon of heaven wherever I turn up. Oh, come on, that's amazing. So is that how, is that what you believe is, is the, um, the experience of being weaponized by heaven? Yes, I, yes, I think I think it is. I think let's go back to if we ask the question, and it's a deep theological question: What is church for? And mm-hmm. what is church for? You have to go back to the very first time Jesus in Matthew sixteen starts to express concepts of the church very directly, and he says, "I will build my." Ecclesia, my church. Now, what is what is the very next thing Jesus says as his opening line of what the church should be? You know, that moment of the great announcement of what he is building on the earth, his first go-to is, and the gates of hell will not prevail. And God, Jesus, out of his own lips, is saying that, that first and foremost, I'm making a declaration that the church is for war. Lord, have mercy where we thought there was no such thing as spiritual warfare. Absolutely. No, the church is lots of other things too. Don't get me wrong. We're not, we are lots of other things. We're glory and life and power and impact. But our, but our origin mandate is war. Is war. I love that, Emma, because even all the other expressions of church, essentially, they're all about advancing the kingdom. They're all about releasing Christ in the earth again, aren't we? Who is government? We are the carrier of the presence of God. Who is government? You know, yes. so I love that, and to extend His kingdom rule here. So it's it's a, it's we are militant, like you say. It's the I love that language. That's the the core mandate, the original mandate. Like Jesus said, you know, the gates of hell will not prevail against my ecclesia. What's His ecclesia? His resting place is us, right? Yes. I love that. I love that. Yes. Will you share a little yes. bit more about that? Because it's about government and about how we should operate at this time. Do you believe? Or yes. the invitation. Wow. I mean, so much to be said. I think what we are learning through the shaking of what has happened in a pandemic um, is that church is a lifestyle, not a location. I mean, I want to scream that. Church is a lifestyle, Mm. not a location. Church is a a movement. It is not a destination. And I think we have got too into switching on and off and on and off and on and off and on and off around events. I, I, I go to do church. And yet the lifestyle of the Christian is a lifestyle of taking ground. The lifestyle of the Christian is a lifestyle of, of the increase of his government. There will be no end. And I am the government of God on the earth. You know, I am the wineskin where his new wine rests. And so I, I kind of think this when I walk into like a school playground to pick up my children from school. I am the most authoritative spiritual presence in this playground. That's what I think. 
Yeah. Now, that is not an arrogant thing. I think we've got to know what is functionality in the body of Christ. What is your function, Liz? What is my function? You know, I am given all power and all authority to set things straight on the earth. So therefore, when I walk into my children's school, when I walk into the supermarket, I expect the atmosphere to become the atmosphere of the kingdom of God because I walked into the space. Yes, absolutely. No self-harm when they leave here because they've been touched by the kingdom and the king. And here's the progressive miracle. So in um, uh, in Jesus' time, you know, you run to him. You've got the issue of blood. You're the woman bleeding. You grab his garment. Then that progresses that miracle to you don't need to touch him you need uh, uh, Paul's handkerchief posted I should be able to walk into cities and regions all of us as the bride of Christ we ooze Jesus and the place comes into its right mind absolutely oh my goodness that's glorious it re I can feel a, a grace right now as to everybody that's watching and listening to expand in our faith. These are the greater works, right? Jesus said, and greater works will you do because I'm going to the Father. Yes, yes. Yeah, and I think we have, we've made Christianity very formal. Yeah. Uh, and I, th I think that is what is being reset in us. Jesus, yeah. you're my friend. You're my friend. Uh, I don't have to work myself up here. You're indwelling. We believe in indwelling spirits, you and I. Absolutely. You, you know, we believe in indwelling spirits and you want to be my friend. And God is not the day of a sovereign move. We've got to land that. What we had in Toronto and, and all the glory of those days that you and I grew up in, yeah. Liz, it was a sovereign move. Yeah. Where if you and I turned up and we'd been horrible all that day, God was still have used us. Do you know what I mean? God was, we, we stood back and we watched and, and God zapped people and they're on the floor for six hours. And we just loved the sovereignty of the move of God. Yeah. God says, but I'm not doing it sovereignly anymore. I'm only going to do it in a co-laboring way. It's the monumental shift of the church from God, God, turn up, God sovereignly come. And God says, stop praying for that. Start asking about friendship and co-laboring where you and I are going to do it together. And I'm going to put such a weight of my power in you that you're going to reach out your hand and I'm going to flow through it because I love you so much I don't want to do it without you and you can almost feel the sadness of God that we keep crying for some kind of sovereign revival and I think God is saying I'm fed up of you asking for revival because it's already here and it's already now stop asking me for something that's old and start saying God my friend how can I co-lead Right. Absolutely. And where the king is, his kingdom is there <laughs> because it's the domain of the domain of his presence. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. 
It's just so powerful what you're sharing, Emma. It's so what we need to hear right now. It's re- I can feel it. You're reframing our perspective, shifting us back to heaven's perspective regarding the time we're in. And I, you know, I don't know whether you're feeling this, but you probably are, but I'm feeling the Lord's drawing us back to his feet, back out of complex religious systems into Yes. Or, co- or complex belief systems that are that are no longer for this time, you know. Back to yes. the simplicity of Christ in me, the hope of glory. You know, yes. I am His and He is yes. mine, and to enjoy Him. I know yes. what I've been finding is that I'm simply, literally, just enjoying Him in the sweetness of a moment, like being in yes. the Word with Him, being His friend, loving yes. Him, wanting to know what's on His heart, and just allowing Him to love me. And then what I find is, is in that moment of renewed sensitivity to his indwelling spirit power suddenly bursts out of my spirit and I find myself like you were talking about oh my spirit extending over people over families whatever's on his heart it's coming out like a tent and I know there's power moving across that situation and it's the yeah I, I think part of this reset is you know we want to be the family of God and therefore we need to be in each other's physical spaces. So yeah. you, you never give up the habit of meeting. So, so let us be very clear. We never give up the habit of meeting. That is a direct scriptural quote. Absolutely. I think what we learned though in, in the big, big, big gatherings was how to be a lazy Christian. The big gatherings allow a hiddenness And when you can't do that and God shakes, I think the joy is that we have had to come back to, oh, hang hang on a minute, it's just you and me. Why does God allow shaking? Why does he allow shaking? Not because he's cross, not because he's difficult, not because he's angry. God allows a shaking because he's so hungry for us to reorientate to him primarily. Yes. Yeah. You know, so we embrace the shaking. We embrace what what God is doing in a pandemic. We embrace the reset and the foundational shift. Do we like it always? No. Do we want people wounded and hurt and dying? No. But actually we don't waste the crisis. We don't raise the glory of a moment of shaking that reorientates me back to him where he's saying, I need to get your attention because I miss you. Oh, I love that, Emma. You know, isn't it amazing how even the works of darkness, when the enemy fights and rages like he is in the nations at the moment and all the stuff that's going on, he becomes a springboard. His head becomes a springboard that catapults us higher and right back into the heart of God out of dependency, you know, so that we can go deeper. And like you say, into that place of authentic depth of relationship with Jesus, which he's longing for. Because at the end of the day, human history wraps up with a wedding. That's the culmination of the ages, isn't it? This is our eternal relationship. It's what we leave this planet with, you know, is our relationship with Jesus. The concept of the wedding, I think, is vitally important. And I do think Jesus is bringing that back into focus, Liz, about the fact that, that, that you and I marry him. Yeah. And so what God has been saying to me is, you, you married political ideology Ooh. and not me. Oh. You, you, you even married patriotism in your nation. You married nationalistic tendencies. 
and you wanted your nation so badly, you forgot that you marry me first and only. And so I really feel like God is cleaning up peculiar alliances and allegiances that have become idolatries in nations. And he's saying, remember your mind first. Come up here and see as my bride how things happen. Don't put your store in, you know, your political ideology, your patriotism, or even in your nationalistic tendencies. And I do think God is actually correcting that in the nations. Marry me only, he says. Marry me only. I actually heard the Lord say, stop marrying land and nations. Really, that's so powerful. It's in, that's interesting, Emma, because the Lord has been talking to me for a while about removing every place within our heart where there's been a dependency created other than on God, that our hearts would be entirely His, that there'd be nothing before Him in our, uh, that we lean into for our strength, our opinions, our perspective, but everything now is to be aligned under His headship. So there's a real purification, yes. and like you say, realignment going on. So yes. the fire of God and our political allegiances, I mean, my goodness, you know, sometimes we're more committed to a political ideology to, than to the kingdom. And I think he's saying, no, 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 no. I, I, I want you pure for me. I want you to be so fused and infused with kingdom concepts. God. And God is saying, come up higher than nations, come up higher than politics. Come and remember that you're my bride and you sit with me and let me tell you what I want to see happen in your nation. Stop telling me what you want to see happen in your nation. Let me tell you what I'm going to do in your nation. It's really, that's really powerful. It's so, it's so what I'm hearing when you're speaking is the, 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 the relationship that we have with Jesus, the intimacy is the doorway into being able to operate in authority for power to be released. And he's purifying that capacity within us to sit there and co-reign with him, like you said. Yes. You know that yes. I love that yes. language. Yes. Yeah. What an amazing timer in Emma. It is. I kind of feel oh, like it's amazing. Oh, I could do a happy dance around the room because we're in the days of the explosion of the gospel. We're in the days of the explosion of the kingdom of God. You yeah. know, digital church in our hands, like Luther and Calvin and Knox used the printing press. Right. And they were the early adopters who got on board with printing. And the message of the kingdom went everywhere in their days. And we are getting on board with digital media and digital church, you know, where the lost are. And it's explosive loading in our hands and this billion soul harvest we we talk about do you know Liz that the, the professor of digital theology at one of our national universities here in the UK says that in the UK alone since lockdown 18 million more people are attending church in an online way than ever did before 18 million wow that's amazing it's the explosion of the gospel in our days and i think god is saying to us oh you lot 
Get over your low self-esteem. I'm the God of power in the midst of you. Get over your thought that you're not worthy. Stop saying, come Holy Spirit, I'm already in you. You know, and that sense of just be my friend and let's yeah. turn the world upside down. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Oh my goodness, I could talk to you for hours, hours. Oh my goodness, Emma, we'll have to do some more. Just, would you, in finishing, would you just pray for everybody? Just prophesy, pray, whatever's in your spirit, just to really yes. like release this, bring people into this place that you're sharing about. You know, I just hear the Spirit of the Lord say, pick, it, pick up the sword, pick up the sword, pick up the sword, the one you left dying, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. And in the name of Jesus, I lose an ability uh, for you to find your God with ease. I speak a thin place over your bedroom. I speak a thin place over your prayer closet. I speak a thin place over your life that you and God may collide as lovers and friends again. And where there has been a coffin around you of death, where you find it hard, I smash the coffin of death and the spiritual numbness off your life in Jesus name and I say come alive again be weaponized again come alive come alive in Jesus name amen I think I just came alive again again (laughs) I'm sure you're feeling this family that was just out power of Holy Spirit then moved into you. Expect a difference. I know that you've just shifted as Emma decreed that then. Just yeah, know you are love. Know that you are the you are the the joy that was set before Jesus as he endured the agony of the cross. We are the inheritance of Jesus, the reward of his suffering. So I just pray that and I speak that into you that you would be blasted free from all low self-esteem, all low self-worth, and realigned internally in your hearts back into the truth of who you are as the, the beloved of God, the counterpart of Jesus Christ forever. And this is our time. It's our time to shine. So thank you for joining us today, Emma. Thank you for sharing all the power that's in your spirit that you shared and sharing your precious time with us. And I love you. And then talk to you soon. And thank you all for joining. Thank you all for joining. And we look forward to being with you again next week. God bless.